0: Let us pray. A Father, upon whom everything in heaven and on earth is named, I bring you my thanksgiving, giving you glory because you are good and your mercies endure it forever. Thank you for your presence tonight. Thank you for your presence over this Sainter, thank you for the anointing of your spirit over my life. Glory and honor to your holy name. In the mighty name of Jesus, as I speak your word, help me speak as a vessel of grace, not out of the futility of my mind. Help me speak with simplicity, with clarity, with precision, and with power. Grant your people understanding. Let the light of God's word beam over their lives, and let all of us together become better believers, going out to colonize this word for you. In the mighty name of Jesus, let your word come with power to save, to heal, and to deliver. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, my Father. In Jesus' mighty name have we prayed. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. So tonight, we continue on our teaching series, Lessons from Ephesians. This is going to be... The third part, Lessons from Ephesians, part three. In our first and second section, we've been able to understand a whole lot, which I will not want to go back to. You can go to our audio platform and download and listen, and it's truly going to be a blessing to you. Alright, Lessons from Ephesians, and our text is taken from the book of Ephesians chapter one. And for this session, we're going to begin from verse 4. But a quick recap would help us understand that I told us that in this chapter, chapter 1, one of the major lessons that will continue to reoccur is be confident in who you are in Christ. The book of Ephesians is a powerful book that reveals to us the believer's identity in Christ. And it is important that we are confident in this identity kindly note, I am not saying be confident in yourself. I'm not saying be confident in your status. I'm not saying be confident in what you have. I said be confident in who you are in Christ. Therefore, the honor lies on you to find out who you are from the word of God and put your confidence in the word that you have discovered. Are you following me now? Find your from the scripture and let that picture that you have seen from the scripture become the basis of your confidence in who you are because the source of your confidence is what determines maybe you are operating in pride or boldness are you getting me now maybe you're operating in pride or boldness okay when you say i cannot be sick when you say i am blessed and not caused what is the source what is backing it up what is backing it up should be for you as a believer ephesians 1 verse 3 where the bible says that blessed be the father and blessed be the god and father of our lord jesus christ who has blessed us with our spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. So you should be bold to say, I am blessed, not because you are just making a proud rhetoric, but because there is a revelation that you have seen that as a believer in Christ, you are already blessed. Hallelujah. Praise God. And in the last session, I did show I did show us what it means to be blessed. I told us when you say you are blessed, it means you are blessed with the divine life. And you are also blessed with the presence of the Holy Spirit. A oh Lord, you know, was said that I believe that if you truly, you know, allow those words to sink into your heart, I tell you, your life will never remain the same. Now, as we continue in tonight's session, let me quickly say this, because there are people who would say that even though um, the Bible say I am blessed, even though the Bible says this, I don't, my life does not look it. My life does not reflect what the scripture claims I am. Now, one of the, the major problems... Um, is the fact that there is a knowledge problem for believers, there is a belief problem for believers, and oftentimes there is an alignment problem for believers. K B A be a knowledge problem, belief problem, and alignment problem. Hallelujah. The Bible clearly tells us that my people perish because of lack of knowledge osia 4 6 my people not the people when it was the people he said the people perish because they lack vision but he said my people perish because of knowledge now often time a lot of us do not even know what the scripture says about us what our picture is from the scripture because we do not study it. But Apostle said, study to show yourself a proof, a workman that needs not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Listen, knowing God today is by revelation. And the the step you have to take to know God today, especially for us New Testament believers, is to study the word of God. As we study the Word of God, we are going to see lights that will help stimulate and provoke our faith. That's the truth. But we have so many believers that do not want to study the Word of God. And that becomes a knowledge problem. If you don't know who you are, the devil will tell you who you are not. How will you know who you are? By only studying the Word of God. This is not, listen, that you do not read your Bible does not mean you have committed sin. You have not committed sin by not reading your Bible, but you are acting stupid by not reading your Bible. Why? Because it is inside the Bible that you will see the picture of your future. It is inside the Word of God that you will truly know what God says you are. If you read Psalm 82 verse 6, the Bible says you are God's. But if you haven't read it, you won't know. The devil can, you know, play you like anyhow. you can easily be deceived. The truth is this, deception reduces when the word of God is at work in your life. Deception reduces when the word of God is at work in your life. So I want to encourage you. If you are part of this fellowship, please, please take time to study the Word of God. Awareness is the basis for desire. When you are not aware of something, you will not desire it. And the only way you can be aware is when you get information. So when we study the Word of God, we get information about what God says about us. So, one of the reasons why a lot of believers, their life does not look like what the scripture says it should look like. is because they don't even know what the Bible says they are. Are you following me now? The second issue is belief problem. There are those that have known, but they don't even believe what they've discovered from the word of God. So, when the Bible says that you are the head and not the tail they said yes the bible says it but is it really true that are those who doubt the word of god who doubt when they see their picture from god's word they still doubt it okay and the reason why it's easy for people to doubt see um because of the constraint of time i do know that as this fellowship continues to grow as we continue there are a lot of um There are a lot of truth that the Lord will be helping us discover. But you see, if any truth will truly become a truth that you have believed, it must follow two important stages. Number one, the stage of revelation... And number two, the stage of conviction. I repeat, if any truth, if you claim to believe any truth, that truth will have passed through two two stages. The stage of revelation and the stage of conviction. Please understand, I'm speaking about the truth from God's word. Now, the stage of revelation is a stage where the word of God comes alive to you. That means, and when we say the word of God comes alive, we're talking about a point where you get an inspired understanding. You know that this understanding did not just come from from analysis. It came because something deep down inspired the Holy Spirit. Inspired that understanding. That's when it's called a revelation. And one of the things that provokes revelation is meditation. So it's not enough to just read the word of God. You must be able to think and mutter it. What does it, that is what meditation means: think and mutter. Okay? Meditation means you think about it and you it So that means you stay. So when the Bible says, I am blessed, you say, I am blessed. You think about it. What does it really mean for the Bible to say, I am blessed? I am blessed. And then as you are thinking and talking, you will just realize that light will just continue to shine in your heart. And you will really begin to understand that, whoa. So this is what it means to say, I am blessed alright, and so, after the word of God has become revelation, and this is where a lot of us make mistakes, when we've got light we just begin to jump out, we just begin, we we look like that man, that the seed fall on, on stony ground, when the word, the word was received with gladness, but when temptation comes for that word's sake man, the word is choked up, why? Because before the word will produce maximally it must also become a conviction a point where you are fully persuaded a point whereby that word has has now become part of your being is somebody hearing me now how will the word of god also transport from revelation to conviction it's also via meditation especially meditation that involves prayers. So, when you also continue to think, now you think about it, you got light. Then you continue to think and then pray on it, especially by praying in the Holy Ghost. As you do that, the truth begins to sink in your heart. And as it becomes to sink in your heart, it becomes more, you become more persuaded and convinced about it. And before you know, it becomes much more easy for you to release your faith. Hallelujah. And the third issue is alignment problem. The alignment problem is uh, a situation of whereby even though we, not, we are now persuaded of the truth, we don't take actions, okay? And one action is much more better than 1,000 intentions, okay? So that is why oftentimes alignment problem has to do with releasing our faith in obedience releasing our faith in obedience when you are persuaded of a particular truth you take the step of faith the Bible says we walk by faith and not by sight hallelujah praise God alright so that I don't take all my time explaining those three I want us to move a little bit further to um, to, to tonight hallelujah okay but if there are questions you can always you know reach out to me hallelujah All right, so Ephesians chapter 1 and let's read verse 4. Okay, the Bible says in verse 4, Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 4, Just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the word, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love so according to this scripture the bible is helping us to understand that we are chosen by god that's what the scripture tells us it said just as he chose us in him who is the he that chose us he that chose us he's god the father chose us in who in him who is the him jesus christ you see, and when he did he do that? He chose us before the foundations of the earth. So that means to say, I am a product of God's idea. And for those of you that you know live your life as if that you are useless, or maybe people have looked to you and said to your face, or maybe it's your parents that say to you that you are useless. I am here to tell you on the authority of god's word that you are chosen and you are not useless you are already a god's idea before the foundation of the world listen if your parents your earthly parents disown you i'm here to tell you that they are not your original parents Yes, because the Bible says very clearly, Psalm 127 children are the heritage of the Lord, not heritage of the parents, heritage of the Lord. Parents are supposed to be caretakers of the heritage of the Lord. So I'm encouraging, no, I am not asking you to disdain your parents, but I'm speaking to you who think your life is useless. I'm speaking to you who think that everything is hopeless for you, that there is nothing good that can come out of you. Ha! Ah, that is a lie from the pit of the hell. This is what the scripture have said consigning you, that you are chosen. He chose you in him went before the foundation of the world. Now, if he chose you, that means he believes in you. If God chooses you, that means he believes in you. Let nobody believes in you. God believes in you. God believes in your vision. God believes in your dream. God believes in that which he has committed into your hand. And he believes that you can Achieve that purpose he has stamped on you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And if he chose you, then whatever you will need, he will equip you to fulfill it. If he chooses you, then whatever he chooses you for, he will equip you to fulfill. God does not choose people without equipping them. So there are innate abilities. There are graces that God has equipped you with that needs to find expression to fulfill that purpose God has stamped over your life. Listen, you are not useless, So. You are not packageless. There are a lot of things God has packaged in you. I am showing you now your picture from the scripture. You need to release your faith and believe it. Are you following me now? So, He chose us in Him. He chose us in Him when before the foundations of the earth. So, if He he chose us before the foundation of the world, that means... That he already has a plan for us before we were born. That means God already has a plan for I and you before we were born. Because the Bible says from the foundation, he told Jeremiah, Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 5. He said, before you were formed from your mother's womb, I know you. He said, before you were formed, I sanctified you. The same thing for you. It's not only true for Jeremiah. It's also true for you. Are you getting me now? So, therefore, if truly God already has a plan for us before we are born, which he does, it is now wise for I and you to discover that plan and not run our own race. Because many of us are running our own race. And God had already chosen us before the foundation of, our, of, of the world. So, It will be wise on our part to discover that which God has set for us. Are you following me now? Now, the scripture in verse 4 now tells us again, He said, He chose us from the foundation of the world that we should be holy and without blame before Him in love. So, primarily, He has told us that He is choosing us to be holy. He is choosing us to be blameless. Are you getting me? Before him in what? In love, not in fear. He's not expecting our holiness. He's not expecting our blamelessness to stand from fear, to stand from our being afraid of him. No, he expects our holiness to stand to be to be rooted in our love for him and the only way you can truly serve God out of love is when you have received his love first in salvation and as you receive the teachings of grace you will continue to fall in love with God and it will be easy you know to love God back because you cannot give what you don't have 1st John chapter 4 In verse 19, if I'm not mistaken, the Bible says we loved him because he first loved us. Hallelujah. All right, so let's go to verse 5. Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 5. The Bible says in verse 5, Having predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will. Hallelujah. This is powerful. Having predestined us. Listen, one of the major theological debates is subject of predestination. Why? Because a lot of people, you know, have come to believe that whatever their life looks like today is its what has been predestined, Okay. Now, the truth is this: you must understand what predestination is from the perspective of God. Okay? There is what predestination could mean from the perspective of man, but you must also understand what predestination means from the perspective of God. And Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life. So he is the one that is truth. So any other, any so let God be true. And let every other person be a liar. So when God gives you a definition for a world, you must know that is what is true. So what is predestination from the perspective of God? Look at verse 5 again. Having predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to himself according to the good pleasure of his will. So we know that from the, from the perspective of God, predestination is simply God's wish for us and the plans he has set for us Q-E-D that is what predestination means God's wish for us and the plans he has set for us, now that is very very instructive, instructive because when God created man he created man you know With a fragile gift called the gift of free will. The gift of free will is a gift that gives humans the ability to make choices independent of God. I repeat, the gift of free will is the gift that enables humans to make choices independent of God. And God will not violate that your free will. You following me now, so but predestination is God's wish for us, and the plans He has you know assigned for us. The truth is this: there are people today that are walking in the opposite direction of predestination. It is when you are walking in the direction of predestination that you are actually and you are actually walking in the journey of destiny. Okay, for me. I like to define destiny the way um, the King James version of the Bible defines it in Jeremiah twenty nine verse eleven. It says, I know the plans I have towards you, says the Lord. Say the thought of good, and not of evil, you know, and to give you an expected end. So for me, destiny is God's expected end for you. Okay, because destiny is a journey to a destination okay, that destination is God's expected end for you and there are a lot of people today that are walking in opposite direction, why is it, why could they do that or why can't they do that, they can do that because of free will because they can use their will to negate the direction, many of you can testify to the fact that there are certain times the Holy Spirit will prompt you to do certain things and you will use your will to violate that prompting that is what it's called free will. Okay? At that time that you violate that prompting, you are not walking in alignment with, with destiny for you. Are you following me now? So predestination is simply God's wish and you know God's Plans that he has set for us. Now, the manifestations of his plan is as we walk with the Holy Spirit in faith and in obedience. If truly we are going to walk this destiny path the way God assigned for us, because God has, you know. His purpose for us is like the general map that he has mapped out for us. But the Holy Spirit is like the GPS that helps us to navigate that path. It is as we navigate that path that we are actually on the journey of destiny. But when you negate that path, you are not on the journey of destiny, you are on your own journey. Are you following me now? The beauty about God is that the Bible says he can make all things. Hallelujah. He can make all things work together for good to them that love God. So immediately we repent and come to God and say, God, it is your way that I want to follow. From that spot that you are, God can begin to make everything work back to your destiny journey. And this is one beautiful thing about serving our living God. That from any path you might have fallen, it can bring you back, you know, to your journey. Hallelujah. So, the manifestations of His plans for us is as we do what? As we cooperate with the Holy Spirit in faith and in obedience. So, the Bible says we have been predestined to adoption as sons predestined to adoption that is also the primary predestination you know to become like christ to become like christ we have been predestined as sons okay how was this able to happen through our lord and savior jesus christ that is how this was able you know to happen hallelujah this is how this was able to happen so so far you've been able to see from verse 4 from verse 4 and 5 that you are chosen and you are not useless. You are adopted, okay, and you are not useless. Are you following me now? All right. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. All right. So, in verse 6, the Bible says, To the praise of the glory of His grace by which He made us accepted in the beloved. I feel like shouting hallelujah. I am accepted. Hey! I am accepted and not rejected. He made us accepted. The same person, the same person through whom we were adopted, this through him also we have been accepted. Hallelujah. Accepted in the beloved. What does it mean to say someone has been accepted in the beloved? That means to say, the war between us and God is over. Jesus Christ, to be accepted means to be reconciled back to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Okay? Jesus came to reconcile us. And he reconciled us back to the Father. The Bible says, while we were yet seen as Christ died for us. So now that we are saints, we are accepted in the beloved. Who is the beloved? Jesus Christ. We saw that. How do we know it was Jesus Christ that is the beloved? The Bible says in Matthew chapter 3 and verse 17, when Jesus was rising from that baptism, a voice came down from heaven and said, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. So we know that the beloved here is Jesus. Are you following me now? So the beloved there is Jesus. And the Bible says, I and you have been accepted in the beloved. Listen. Listen. Because we have been accepted in the beloved because of Jesus Christ, the war between us and God is over. God will always fellowship with us regardless of our state of righteous living. I repeat, I know that is a radical statement. So I'd like you to hear me out. God will always fellowship with us okay? because regardless of our state in our righteous living, because Christ is the one that makes him accept us. That's why Second Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 21 says, We are now the righteousness of God. Mm-hmm. Christ Jesus. Listen, when it comes to relationship, there's what we call the vertical relationship and there's what we call the horizontal relationship. The vertical relationship is our relation relationship between man and God and v- the horizontal relationship is relationship between man and man. When it is relationship between man and God, God because of Christ has chosen to relate with man mankind today with grace and especially if you're a believer in christ you are already qualified to be related with based on grace okay now when man relates with man man does not always relate with his fellow human being with grace okay so that is why often time we mistake the relationship we have with fellow man as the same relationship we have with God. No, sir. Because of what Christ has done, we have now been accepted in the beloved. Are you saying God will not reject me? That is what I'm saying, sir. That is why he said in Hebrews 4.16, He said, let us come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy. Why are you going to obtain mercy? It's because you have done something that needed mercy. Yet, he's telling you to come boldly. Of course, he's not saying you should come arrogantly. Come boldly, that means to say, be, you know, don't be scared of coming. Because when you come, you will always obtain mercy and you always find grace. What many many times we have heard is that we feel that because you are a believer in christ you can never make mistake again in your life the truth is we must tell ourselves the truth the truth is that there are still some times you will miss it because when people say oh you can never commit sin again in your life the question is this are you talking about the sin of commission or the sin of omission Are you getting me now? A lot of people categorize sin and make it look as if there is some ones that are... Listen, most of the sin that a lot of people, you know, mention a lot are popular ones. What of those? What of those that you make in your thoughts? Okay? If God will not relate with you, I'm telling you, you are done for. So that is why, that is why, based on what Christ has done for us, he has accepted us in the beloved. Oh, Pastor Lucky, are you saying that we can now go and begin to live our life anyhow? My friend, if that is what is coming to your heart, from what you are hearing, you need to be born again. That's the truth. Because what should come to your heart is a thanksgiving to God for the privilege that he has always accepted you, regardless of your frailness and that you can always be sure that you can run back to Him when you make mistakes because for a believer, sin is not supposed to be a lifestyle. Sin is just supposed to be an event. And if you truly continue to cooperate with God, you can eventually live above sin because the Bible says, sin shall no longer have dominion over you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But when you fall, you can always be sure that there is a Father that will always accept you will always accept you not because he doesn't have the capacity to punish you but because somebody took that punishment on your behalf and it is in him that you have been accepted glory to god let's close this section on this note glory to god hallelujah so you are accepted and not rejected you are chosen and you are not useless. Let this begin to reflect in your vocabulary. Hallelujah. And your lives will never remain the same. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father, for today's section. Glory to your holy name. I commit your people to the to the word of your grace and to your hand Lord and their lives never remain the same let them go out and become that believer that will continue to shine for you even in this dark world in Jesus mighty name I have prayed, Amen Grace unto you, Shalom